one and lift off. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let's get ready to rumble. I'm sorry, I really wanted to say that. Um, sometimes I see things go off in my head that don't make sense. It doesn't add up. But when you put all of the body of work together, it becomes beautiful. So Twitter files, SBF arrested and cuffed. How much of it is theater? How much of it is real? Nobody knows. But Elon Musk just tweeted a unbelievable tweet. And we are starting this video off with that tweet, which relate. It said, follow the, and it had a picture of a white bunny, a white bunny, a non-racial white bunny. We don't see color. We don't see gender. We just see human beings, but the color happened to be white. Follow the white bunny. Why did he tweet out? Follow the white bunny. Good question. Great question. Well, it's because of reference one of our favorite movies on this podcast, The Matrix, something you were stuck in for a long time. And Elon is telling you, follow the white rabbit. And we are going to all come out of this matrix together. We're no longer alone in the Jonathan Cogan show. We got new partners. Elon, welcome to the team. It's great to have you. It's an honor to have you on the team. Thank you for joining. Eventually, everybody will be on team. Um, no politics. Uh, apolitical. Truth seekers. Doesn't take sides. Just cares about objective truth and moving forward to give civilization the best possible chance of thriving in the future and being free. So let me play the beginning three minutes, 10 seconds. If you want to skip ahead three minutes, 10 seconds, you could do that. But here's the clip just in case you forgot, if you're watching on YouTube or rumble also patreon.com forward slash ownership economy to donate or on Twitter at Kogs K O G Z. If you want to watch this, otherwise you're going to listen to it. This is the scene from the matrix. Follow the white rabbit. He's looking at his computer. Ne um, is it Neo? He's sleeping, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves. He's looking up. says, wake up, Neo. It's typing by itself. He's freaked out. He's scared. He's nervous. He doesn't know what to think. He's looking at a computer screen with Windows 95 on it. Shout out Bill Gates. It says, he says, what? Takes off his headphones. The Matrix has you. Dot, dot, dot. He thinks it's Bill Gates, but instead he does control alt delete. Follow the white rabbit. Escape. Knock knock, Neo. Who is it? Joy. Yeah. yeah. You're two hours late. I know. It's always it's her fault. fault. You got the money? Just kidding. Two Sorry. grand. Hold up. We don't see gender. Takes the money. He's looking for a, a mini disc. Shout out mini disc players. Hallelujah. You're my savior, man. My own personal Jesus Christ. You get caught using that. 
Yeah, I know. This never happened. You don't exist. This girl has those rings right. around her neck that stretches Some your neck out, man. you know? Like yeah, you look a little wider than something. usual. And if they took the rings out, like her neck would just collapse. Bonkers. <laughs> you ever have that feeling where you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? Mm, all the time. It's called mescaline. It's the only way to fly. Hey, look, it just sounds to me like, you know, you need to unplug, man. And get some R&R? Hey, what do you think, sure? Should we take him with us? Definitely. I can't. I have uh, work tomorrow. Wow. It'll be fun. I promise. And she has a tattoo of a white rabbit on her left shoulder blade. Yeah. Sure. I'll and go. he goes to the party, and next thing you know, he pops out of the matrix, and he never comes back. He takes the red pill, and you took the red pill. We took the red pill, and we are out of the matrix. All right, so let's get to the tweets. This is crazy what's going on. This is unbelievable. This is all time. It's very hard to it, it, it's very hard to believe this life is real at the moment. Um, it sort of seems fake. But let's go through some of um, Elon's tweets, if I can get it up here, if you're watching. So Elon... Uh, we're going to get into the Twitter files. So if you haven't been following the Twitter files, this is massive on epic proportions. Okay. There, again, I need to remind the people who are new to the Jonathan Kogan show. We're apolitical. We don't see politics. We don't partake in politics. We do not like politics, but we love truth and we love human beings of all parties and affiliations and colors and creeds and genders and whatever. I don't care. As long as you are a good human for Earth, I love you. And if no one told you today, I love you. I genuinely love you. Why wouldn't I love you? Plus, if I tell you I love you, you're going to listen more because when someone knows they're loved by someone, they want to hang around them more. So this is a business strategy, and it's also a genuine love strategy. Why can't it be both? You see how it can be both? So Elon is tweeting like crazy, which he is saying what I started this podcast for was I realized the mainstream propaganda news, whether it's mainstream TV outlets or mainstream uh, uh, you know, written articles or tweets, whether it's Reuters, whether it's CNN, whether it's MSNBC, whether it's uh, Bloomberg, all this nonsense. It was all propaganda. Maybe it always was, and I just didn't know, but it totally popped out in the last couple of years due to that, um, that airborne sickness that occurred. So Elon wrote follow the white bunny an hour ago, but I want to get to his earlier tweet. That was his most liked one of his most liked tweets. And it says up here, it's his most liked tweet, 1.2 million. He wrote, my pronouns are prosecute and Fauci. <laughs> now it used to be back in my day and everyone's day, like, I don't know, six plus years ago. And then all the way back to as long as I can remember for sure, the left which is associated in the United States with the Democratic Party, was the party of comedy, the party of being funny, the party of telling truth through comedic scripts. And the right was boring and like old and we don't see color, but white and just no good. Okay. And now we're seeing a real realignment in real time, which is unbelievable. Like my pronouns are prosecute and Fauci. Whatever you think of the situation, that's funny. That is funny. That's funny. And then he added another tweet after that. 
And he wrote, truth resonates, dot, 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 because there were 215,000 retweets, 1.2 million likes, and his average gets like a couple hundred thousand likes. So about a million more. So someone, and, and, and people have been commenting, he's so quick to comment on like, the, the, obviously CIA operatives are tweeting back out, oh my God, what are you saying? Like, you got to respect the guy who saved so many lives, which really is the guy who killed more lives than anybody. He's the one who funded gain-of-function research, lied to Congress about a funding gain-of-function research, and that turned into that airborne sickness that flew around in the air and literally killed millions of people. Like, that in itself is bananas. That's like all-time criminality. That is all-time. You fund gain-of-function research, which I don't even know why that exists in the first place. It's a very bizarre practice. And then it is, and then an airborne sickness gets released and boom, millions of people across the world dead, kaput, tomato, tomato in the ground, six feet under. That is terrible. But the people who want to keep you trapped in the matrix, because to keep you trapped in the matrix, you have to believe in alternate reality. And it's amazing how many people are under the spell of alternate reality. But I think, uh, I'm starting to think a majority of people are woken up now. I think the SBF, uh, debacle in crypto and how the mainstream like was like rubbing a toy with his balls and applauding him like saying oh my god he's a boy wonder he just made a mistake even though he commingled and stole tens of billions of funds like bernie corrupt madoff literally even more potentially and enron uh the guy who did the uh bankruptcy for enron i think john ray the third is also doing ftx and he wrote his report over the past uh, couple days he, he cites down like things that he believed happened based on his analysis because he's going through all the documents, trying to recover as many funds as possible. And like right on that list, boom, commingling of funds, commingling of consumer deposits that you cannot touch to be used as casino money to bet as like you're a hedge fund and then you lose it all. That is fraud on epic proportions. And who loses in this scenario? Who loses in these type of scenarios always? Not, don't worry about the first top five people that are claiming to get their money back that had like $10 million in, in an account that they're never gonna get back or a hundred million. Most likely if someone had a hundred million in an account, they have a hundred million elsewhere. It's the people who put in $10,000 and that was all of their potatoes and boom, the whole sack of potatoes is gone. It's always the little guy that gets screwed. It's always the little guy that gets fucked. That's the way it is and it's messed up and we're standing up for the little guy. Something the left used to do and then they started befriending corporations and it's crazy. So now we got two parties that do the same thing bizarre does not work very well so um he wrote my pronouns are prosecuting fauci that's awesome my pronouns are boss and dog call me boss dog all right so he wrote the woke now this is why the john the Kogan show started he tweeted after that the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters okay this is so extremely important this is so extremely important because what has happened is, is that BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, you know, who has all the money of the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, all these, you know, rich, rich people have been running the world the last hundred years, or actually technically the last 500 years. They usually last 500 years, these families. Um, and when I say that, I'm referencing the Rothschilds specifically. Before them, I forget, was an Italian family that, that basically owned the whole banking system for 500 years. Now it's the Rothschilds. And it just so happens right now, 
is the end of their 500 year run. It's wild. It's almost like clockwork to back when they took over from that other family. It's crazy. Okay. And that's why you're seeing central bank digital currencies run out, but the whole culture is in chaos and civilization is on fire. Okay. What happened was is the money behind these corporations, because after 2008, after they blew up the system in 2008, and got bailed out, bailed out by your boy, Barack Obama and politicians. What happened was like, oh my God, everyone was like, you know, they were like, oh, you know, they're protesting Wall Street and all this stuff. And they're like, you know what? We're going to bail out them. We're going to bail out the system. And in order to try to be on the good side in the future, we're going to hijack the virtue signaling of the woke agenda of the far left and say, we love all these people. We love all genders. We're obsessed with climate change and all this stuff. Listen, I'm not saying if that stuff's good or bad. I'm not giving you a political opinion. I'm telling you what they did, the strategy. So they joined, they fused, the corporations fused with the, with the far left and were like, okay, now we can take over the, the financial system again and siphon all the money from the little guy in the middle class up to the corporations. Biggest wealth transfer in history the past three years of all time just occurred right under your nose and you're not doing nothing about it. Middle class is being slaughtered. Second largest savings drop in history has occurred in the past few months. The savings accounts of Americans are being depleted. They are, they are crushing. They are destroying the middle class. And just so you understand history, the middle class never really existed before, okay? In history, it was a feudal system. It was the elites and it was the peasants. There were two classes forever and always. This middle class experiment has been going on for only a few hundred years. This is brand new. Not even a few hundred, a couple hundred, okay? This is new. This is new. This is an experiment. And now the elites are like, we don't like three classes. We want the feudal. We want to crush the middle class. And they're doing it slowly. They're taking all your money. You can't pay for anything. So you have to get loans and then you leverage yourself and then you tied into the system and you tied into the matrix and you can't get out. That's what's going on right now. That's the truth. Okay. The whole system is insolvent. The entire financial market of the world is insolvent. So that's why you're going to see central bank digital currency. What happened today? What happened today? Well, the, in the European Union, you can no longer make cash payments above 10,000 euros. You see, they're going to slowly implement things that are more um, favorable to central bank digital currencies. It starts with, you can't uh, make a payment over you know $10,000. You can't pay your taxes with uh, or you can't get a uh, cash refund. You have to get central bank digital currency or exchange it one for one, or you can't do cash payments or it's, it's marginalizing communities or it's bad for the environment. It's, you're going to hear everything under the sun, but it's starting now. Right now it's in pilot mode in the United States. The Euro is probably in way worse shape than us. It is in way worse shape than the us dollar. So probably happened there first. They have now declared $10,000 purchase cannot be in cash. Where do you think this experiment ends? You think they take that away someday? No, they put more restrictions on, more restrictions, more legislation. It's awful, okay? So start putting your stuff in the heart. Just be smart financially. I can't give you financial advice. I don't do that. I give you entertainment. I give you truth, and I give you love. So back to the Twitter files. So if you haven't been paying attention to the Twitter files, this is very, 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 very important. So the Twitter files, I'm going to start with Matt Taibbi, great journalist, by the way, a real liberal left journalist, wrote for the Rolling Stone, 
His dad was a reporter, very credible. Yeah. His thread, the Twitter files, the removal of Donald Trump. So what happened was, is Twitter, need, they, they, they needed, they had a far left idea. You know, it's part of this Trump derangement syndrome thing. I don't understand it, but apparently there's this massive obsession with this one guy we talk about all the time, but it's so massive. It's taking over people's minds. They'd rather have Trump get hurt than have own success in their own life. It's bizarre. I would rather not even talk about this dude and have wild success with the podcast. And that's it. That'd be great. I'd rather cover Moses or Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I don't care. I'll cover anybody. But at this moment in time, we got to cover DJ, a.k.a. DT, Donald Trump. So they wanted him removed. They didn't care. They couldn't let him win the election. He's a threat to democracy, you know, the whole spiel. So they removed Donald Trump, a sitting president, as a pre-planned orchestrated event without him even breaking the rules. So let me start reading this thread in case you haven't known. Thread, the Twitter files, the removal of Donald Trump, part one, October 2020 to January 6th. The world knows much of the story of what happened between riots at the Capitol on January 6th and the removal of President Donald Trump from Twitter on January 8th. We'll show you what hasn't been revealed. The erosion of standards within the company in months before J6. Decisions by high-ranking executives to violate their own policies and more against the backdrop of ongoing documented interaction with federal agencies. This first installment covers the period before the election through January 6th. Tomorrow, Mike Schellenberger, he's also on, on the side of truth. Good to have you on the team. He, he converted. He got rev, he converted a few months ago. Good to have him. We'll detail the chaos inside Twitter on January seventh. On Sunday, Barry Weiss, another red pillar, uh, will reveal the secret internal com- communications from the key date of January eighth. Whatever your opinion on the decision to remove Trump that day, the internal communications to Twitter between January sixth and January eighth have clear historical importance. Even Twitter's employees understood in the moment it was a landmark moment in the annals of speech. He's got screenshots. He's like, As it, can, we, can we take the first sitting head of state to be suspended? Should we do that? Can we not do that? Did he really break any policies? As soon as they finished banning Trump, Twitter executives started processing new power. Okay, new power. They prepared to ban future presidents and White Houses, perhaps even Joey Joe Biden. Not Hunter. They love Hunter. But Joe, the new administration says one executive, quote, will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary. Twitter executives removed Trump in part over what one executive called the context surrounding actions by Trump and supporters, quote, over the course of the election and frankly, the last four plus years, close quote. In the end, they looked at a broad picture, but that approach can cut both ways. And you got slack messages. Again, I don't want to bog down your time, especially if you've heard of this. I just need to give you the hot takes as they are. Okay. So this is a big deal. When you, when you suspend a sitting president in a country with a free speech, you got to think about repercussions. Okay. But everyone likes to say a private company, they can do whatever they want. First of all, if you're one of those people, okay, fine. That's fair. That's valid. I say when a, a system has converted to a new town square where this is like a real town square that used to be around in 1906, where if you are just dehumaned or, or non-personed and taken off, that that's a violation of free speech. But if you're one of the people who say private company can do whatever they want, I'd say we could debate all day. You're right. I'm, we could both be right. Like, totally cool. 
Totally cool. I got that. That's fine. You want to take that side? That's fine. Let me go one step further then. This part is not okay. And this part is government officials, particularly the security state, the CIA and the FBI, colluding with Twitter executives, telling the uh, uh, um, uh, Homeland Security, meeting with Twitter executives to suppress people's free free speech on Twitter at the behest of the United States government. Now that, my friend, is a violation of the First Amendment. That, you can't say, is a private company. When you fuse Homeland Security and the government with big business, Twitter, social media companies, you fuse those, that combination is the actual, the real definition of fascism. The real definition of fascism. When big corporations and government become on the same team, that is fascism. That's the truth. Okay, we like to throw around terms all around. I'm not even into terms, but that's the literal definition. The government cannot tell Twitter to take people off. And as you'll see, if you if you cover the Twitter files, is Joel Roth, who um, it was the head of security, basically the head of censorship, whatever. Um, he he had meetings with the FBI and Homeland Security, and like he's like, I'm all about transparent. I'm all about a transparent calendar, but not when you're meeting with high government officials. And then he's like joking around on Slack saying. Oh, this meeting is not about Donald Trump with the FBI, wink, wink. Like, what? Like, if you did that shit with Joe Biden, I'd be equally as pissed. You can't do that with no government body. You can't do that with Trump. You can't do that with Biden. You can't do that with Bush. You can't do that with Obama. You cannot, you cannot work directly with social media companies from the highest levels of the government, especially the CIA, who have lied over and over again saying, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop, it's not real, it's disinformation, you know, the, the, the favorite word of the podcast, misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, blah, 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 and now it's 100% real. Have they ever apologized? Have they ever apologized? No. The CIA is... Oh, the CIA, I don't get it because here's where I get confused with the CIA. Let me get... This is where I get really confused. The CIA is doing things that is hurting our democracy, our republic. Okay. They're getting in they're, they're suppressing truth, like the Hunter Biden laptop, which is actually real. They shut down the New York Post, like a hundred year old news outlet. They've confirmed it's real, but like 51 CIA agents signed and said, this is not real at the time. But now we know that's a lie. But like, what are these CIA? Why are these CIA agents trying to like overthrow and mess up everything when don't they have families and don't they live in a city in the United States and operate like normal human beings? And if they destroy society, don't they live in it too? Like their kids live in it too. Like what is going on? Like, why do you want to overthrow shit and destroy society? I thought you live in society. That's why I get so confused. I get so confused. So weird. So weird. Just like, you know, Fauci releases this airborne virus and all this stuff from this funding and then it kills people. Like, couldn't it have killed one of your family members or something? Like, what kind of, what? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? This is the upside down world. It's insane. It's crazy. So back to the files real quick. So Elon Musk says, follow the white rabbit. So Barry Weiss brings on, so you got the, you got the whole removal of Trump. I'm going to read a little bit more from, uh, this is Twitter files, part five, Barry Weiss, the removal of Trump from Twitter. Let me read a few. This is very important. On the morning of January 8th, president Donald Trump with one remaining strike before being at risk of permanent suspension from Twitter tweets twice. 
6.46 a.m. This, By the way, he tweets early because Donald Trump's one of those people where you like, you're missing an enzyme or something where you can, you only need to sleep five hours or four hours and be fully rested. John Gruden, uh, former uh, NFL coach, uh, is also one of those people, just someone on top of mind. These people can only, they only have to sleep like four or five hours and they're perfectly rested. Donald Trump is one of those people for whatever reason. Side note. The 75, he tweeted, quote, the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. And let, let, let me pull this up for you for everyone watching. I don't mean, I don't want you to have to look at my face this whole time, even though I am pretty attractive. At 7.44 a.m., quote, to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th, close quote. For years, Twitter had resisted calls, both internal and external, to ban Trump on the grounds that blocking a world leader from the platform or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information that people should be able to see and debate. You know, like when you have freedom of speech and like in a normal society, that's what we should all be rooting for, left, right, center, up, down, whatever. Quote, our mission is to provide a forum that enables people to be informed and to engage their leaders directly. Close quote. The company wrote in 2019, Twitter's aim was to quote, protect the public's right to hear from their leaders and to hold them to account. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. But after January 6th, as Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger have documented pressure group both inside and outside of Twitter to ban Trump, there were dissenters inside Twitter. Quote, maybe because I am from China, says one employee on January 7th. Quote, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. But voices like that one appear to have been distinct minority within the company. Across Slack channels, many Twitter employees were upset that Trump hadn't been banned earlier. After January 6th, Twitter employees organized to demand their employer ban Trump. Quote, there is a lot of employee advocacy happening, said one employee. We have to do the right thing and ban this account, said one staffer. It's pretty obvious he's going to try to thread the needle of incitement without violating the rules, said another. In the early afternoon of January 8th, the Washington Post published an open letter signed by over 300 Twitter employees to CEO Jack Dorsey demanding Trump's ban. We must examine Twitter's complicity in what President-elect Biden has rightly termed insurrection. And you have to use the word insurrection, by the way, because that's what's written in the Constitution. So that word didn't come out of nowhere, obviously. But the Twitter staff assigned to evaluate tweets quickly concluded that Trump had not violated Twitter's policies. I think we'd have a hard time saying this is incitement, wrote one staffer. It's pretty clear he's saying the American patriots are the one who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them that, right? From Wednesday. Another staffer agreed. Don't see the incitement angle here. I also am not seeing clear or coded incitement on the DJT tweet, wrote Anika Navaroli, a Twitter policy official. I'll respond in the elections channel and say that our team has assessed and found no bias or violations for the DJT one. She, do she does just that. As an FYI, safety has assessed the DJT tweet above and determined, oh, Donald J. Trump, that there is no violation of our policies at this time. Later, Navaroli would testify to the House January 6th committee, quote, for months I had been begging and anticipating and attempting to raise the reality that if nothing, if we made no intervention into what I saw occurring, people were going to die. 
Next, Twitter safety team decides that Trump's 7.44 a.m. Eastern tweet is also not in violation. They are unequivocal. It's clear, no violation. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. To understand Twitter's decision to ban Trump, we must consider how Twitter deals with other heads of state and political leaders, including in Iran, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. In June 2018, Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei tweeted, quote, Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. Close quote. Oh, my God. Wait a second. We think. Oh, man. Wait, I'm sorry. I got disconnected for one second. I got to reread that tweet from the Iran, Iran, sorry, the Iran uh, president or ever. If we think that I will not attend the inauguration from Donald J. Trump was bad. Listen to this. This is like all time terrible. In June 2018, Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei tweeted, quote, Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian region. That has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. Close quote. What? Wait, that's Twitter. Twitter neither deleted the tweet nor banned the Ayatollah. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. No bias whatsoever. So Trump's saying that things about the American page. I'm not even saying what he's saying is good. I'm just saying this dude in Iran is saying Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor that has to be um, removed and eradicated and then goes on to say it is possible and it will happen on june 3rd 2018 here it is oh my god now that sounds like a threat that sounds like a real threat okay anyways moving on in october 2020 the former malaysian prime minister said it was quote a right for muslims to kill millions of french people his quote specifically said Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're talking about Trump's tweets, getting him banned for life. And this Twitter deleted his tweet for glorifying violence, but he remains on the platform. The tweet below was taken from the Wayback Machine. So he wasn't kicked off for that. Telling to kill the French, to kill him, cut him, kill him. This is insanity. This is like people hate this Trump guy really badly. But they're cool with the tumor of Israel being eradicated. I mean, that's pretty extreme, if you ask me. Muhammad Buhari, the president of Nigeria, incited violence against pro-Baifa groups, saying, quote, those of us in the fields for 30 months who went through the war, he wrote, will treat them in the language they understand. Twitter deleted the tweet, but didn't ban Buhari. In October 2021, Twitter allowed Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmad to call on citizens to take up arms against the Tigray region. Twitter allowed the tweet to remain up and did not ban the prime minister. That's literally take up arms. That'd be like Donald Trump saying, bring guns to the Capitol and let's overthrow the United States government. But he didn't do that. Okay. He didn't do that. And someone's going to stop and say, oh, you're a diehard Republican. I'm going to say, oh, no, I don't believe in politics. And they go, oh, now I don't know what to say. Are you telling me the truth? And I'm saying, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. So in early February 2021, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government threatened to arrest Twitter employees in India and to incarcerate them for up to seven years after they had restored hundreds of accounts that had been critical of him. Twitter did not ban Modi. But Twitter executives did ban Trump 
even though key staffers said that Trump had not incited violence, not even in a, quote, coded way. Less than 90 minutes after Twitter employees had determined that Trump's tweets were not in violation of Twitter policy, Vijaya Gade, Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, who, by the way, just banked about uh, something like $60 million off Twitter being bought. She just made like $60 million. And people are openly like questioning her in the public forum and being like, you shouldn't have done this. Some people like, you should. But they're like, oh, what you did was really bad. And they're saying, oh, oh my God, you can't critique her. No. You you can't she's marginalized. She's you cannot you cannot question Vijaya Gadi. Don't do that. No, no, no. She is she's a marginalized multi one of the richest people in, in society, worth sixty million dollars. You can't go after someone who's worth sixty million dollars. That's just wrong. Go after grandma who voted for Trump. Oh, bizarre. Asked whether uh so back when I said non violation, Vijaya Gade. Twitter's head of legal policy and trust. How ironic trust. She literally ruined uh, the entire trust of society. Asked whether it could in fact be coded incitement to further violence. A few minutes later, Twitter employees on the scaled enforcement team suggest that Trump's tweet may have violated Twitter's glorification of violence policy. If you interpreted the phrase American Patriots to refer to the rioters, things escalate from there. Members of that team came to view him as the leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence and deaths comparable to the Christchurch shooter or Hitler. And on that basis and on the totality of his tweets, he should be deplatformed. Oh, my God. But this guy who said that, that Israel is a malignant tumor that will be eradicated and should be removed and will be. That dude's fine. He's great for society. Two hours later. Twitter executives host a 30-minute all-staff meeting. Jack Dorsey and Vijaya Gade answer staff questions as to why Trump wasn't banned, but they make some employees angrier. Quote, multiple tweets, Twitter employees, have quoted the banality of evil, suggesting that people implementing our policies are like Nazis following orders, relays Yoel Roth who I, to a colleague who I mentioned earlier. And it goes on and on from there. So they deplatformed a sitting president. A sitting president. You have to understand. Whenever you think of the situation, that's extreme, and that sets a mass, huge precedent. Like, massive precedent. Crazy. Sorry, I don't mean to yell, but think about that. Think about what you're doing. Think about this. You are deplatforming, taking a voice away from the so-called leader of the free world, even though he's really not the leader of the free world. It's really the central bankers and the families that have been running shit for a long time, but that's never here nor there. He is the leader of the free world in the minds of people who believe we have freedom fair and you take him off his the platform where he's communicating with the people remember that old saying that the founding fathers at least in the u.s said a government for the people of the people by the people well apparently they were just conspiracy theorists okay or they were just stupid they were one or the other or both because this is a government of the elites by the elites and for the elites shout out sam bankman freed He'll probably be fine. So this is crazy. So massive presence. So the Twitter files, you have zero minutes coverage on NBC, zero minute coverage on ABC, zero minute coverage on CNN, zero. Why? Because these same mainstream outlets were complicit in the censorship. You show me one society in history that improved due to censorship, and I will show you a tyrannical government that ruled that society. You show me censorship, I show you tyranny. That's the way history rolls. I don't make history. 
I'm just telling you history. Censorship is never, ever, 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 ever in the interest of the people. It's in the people who currently have the power and they use it. Why? Because they're losing grip. They're losing grip. And that's where the light of day just shines out and pops through the tunnel. Because when they're losing grip, that means humans, peasants like you, like me, are becoming free. We're becoming free. Free. And I think humanity is going to be freer than ever before. That's just the way it is. So Elon tweeting, follow the white rabbit is insanity. That is ballsy beyond belief. If you haven't read all the Twitter files, you got to read all the Twitter files. There's massive drops. Again, it's by Matt Taibbi. It's by Barry Weiss. It's by Michael Schellenberger. He's giving, this is when we look back at it. Listen to me, listen to me. This is important. When we look back at history, when we look back at history, this will be remembered. I'm telling you this moment in time will be remembered as the point when we went from a centralized corporate media to get our truth and our information to a decentralized creator media ecosystem. Just like you're listening to this podcast to get the truth, the Jonathan Cogan show, please subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, this is going to be how people get the truth of the future because the mainstream has decided to leave people behind and defend the most powerful, the most elite people in society. That's the road that they've chosen to go. And they are not trying to serve your best interests. No, 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 no. They are serving the interests of the people who already have the power. And we are trying to take our freedom back. And that's what we're going to do. Slowly, but surely. So this is a massive pivotal point in history. I'm telling you, the history books will be written that the Twitter files is when that uh, that inversion happened. Corporate centralized big money media to creator schmucks with a microphone, headphones, beautiful lighting, and a face like this. And this is the future. We're, we're living it in real time. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's great to be with you. I love being with you every single day. If you haven't subscribed on Rumble, Ownership Economy is the account. The Jonathan Cogan Show. Check it out on YouTube. Need more subs there. Please follow on Twitter. We're very bullish on Elon Musk, like you said, about creating creator monetization on Twitter. Take over the YouTube censorship. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be the number one podcast on Twitter in about three years. And uh, subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan Show on Spotify, by the way, or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But listen to this. On Spotify, the Jonathan Cogan Show this past year, and we started full-time in June, I think. I think I started this in full-time, or maybe July even. We are in the top 1%. According to Spotify wrapped the top 1% of shared pod, most shared podcasts on Spotify, the top 1%. We only did it for a half a year. This is amazing. We're breaking through the matrix together. It's so beautiful. I love it. It makes me so happy and I'm proud. I'm proud to do this and you should be proud to be a listener. We should be proud to have our own community. And if you want to support the community again, just go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy, five ninety nine a month, support this madness and this you know, search for truth. And I'll keep doing this. I'll do this for as long as I have to. I'll do it until my dying days. I think that's the phrase, right? Dying days. You know what I mean? All right. So I'm going to let you go. But like I say, and Elon says, we'll end it like this. Follow the white rabbit. All right. Bye guys.